You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jasper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 149 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, and... uh, this is the first episode of the month, and we all know what that means, don't we, Autumn? Yes, this one's a challenge where we compete with each other to come up with the worst of something. So these are always kind of fun. These are my favorite ones. <laughs> and uh, today's top 10 list is uh, the worst plot twists ever. Oh, gosh. At least I'm not going to give you a plot twist and say, what? That's not what I prepared for, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Like I just mentioned to you, I actually was, I thought we were recording this two days ago. So I've been ready for two days. So I've got a good list. I think it'll be so fine. So you're all fired up. I am. Um, it was actually really fun. This one I was feeling kind of, I don't know what to come up with until I did a little bit of reading and research and started thinking. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's some fun ones in this one. <laughs> Yeah, I think so too. Uh, all mine are movies. All of them. Oh, I only have two movies, so ha! Huh? I uh, I actually try to stick with books as much as possible, but yeah, two movies snuck in there. Okay, I know I, I picked movies on purpose because then I could play some audio clips, <laughs> and I like those. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> One of these days, I am going to plan ahead and send you some movie, some clips, and tell you not to listen to them until you play them. But that's going to be kind of hard because you have to test them somehow. No, no, that'll be fine. That's fine. <laughs> I can just uh, click and uh, listen half a second just to see if it plays and then stop it. So that's okay. okay. I, one of these days, one of these days, I'll really be prepared. It'll be a miracle. But It'll I will blow, do my blow best. everybody's mind. It's like, my God, that was good. <laughs> yes, it will. This be is awesome. what you get when Autumn prepares. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fantastic. Just imagine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so how are things going for you? Um, pretty busy these days. Uh, I did finish up the first draft of book two in our new series yes. over this last week. Woo! So that was good. That's exciting. Yeah, but I'm taking a short break from writing now because uh, I have so much preparation to do for <laughs> my attempt to become a referee instructor. So that's basically, yeah, it's taking up so much time. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> just taking a bit of a break between book two and book three in in our series. Uh, so that will probably be okay. That's it. I I think that is fine since you are so much further ahead of me on the writing department. Um, I don't mind if you take a little writing break and let me catch up a bit. <laughs> No, no, indeed, that's fair enough. And uh, yeah, and, and and speaking about referee, actually, uh, sometimes it's nice to have a referee at hand because uh, yesterday my youngest son he was playing a match, and then we arrived there, and then the the coach came over and he said, like, well, the referee who was supposed to be here has not shown up, <laughs> so can you just referee this match for me? <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I mean, I don't have any of the clothes on. I I don't have whistle. I don't. I didn't have anything because I was not. <laughs> going, I was just going to be spectator. 
Right. But uh, but then, of course, I mean, they, they don't have a referee and I was just standing there. So I said, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> but I don't have any of my things with me. So I'll have to shout instead of blowing the whistle and so on, because that's what you're going to get then. <laughs> and uh, and we did then. But th- why I'm mentioning it, because I was really surprised because these are 13-year-old kids. Playing, yeah. Right? And I'm a bit surprised about how their behavior, you know, that that they can talk the way they do to adults. Really? Yeah, because I, I don't get it. I mean, they, the away team, they were the players, they're 13-year-old kids, right? But they were complaining a lot, like all the time. Like, well, they've, they felt like the... Um, free kick was the wrong way or <laughs> to the wrong team or it shouldn't have been a free kick and or the throw-in was in, in the other direction in their point of view and it, it just, all kinds of things they complained all the time um and then at one point like during the second half i i, I started getting a bit annoyed by it right so i uh-huh. one of the guys one of the kids then complained again and i just said to him like be quiet and concentrate on playing soccer instead <laughs> and then Another teammate of his who was also walking by, he then said, well, we can't concentrate with you around. Oh. And it, it took me a bit back. Like, what? These are 13-year-old kids talking like that to adults. What's going on? That's crazy. That's quite a back talk, man. Yeah, but I didn't do that when I was 13 years old. No. To an adult. Well, I mean, what's going on? I don't know. I didn't raise kids, so I cannot even imagine. No, but How? do you remember when you were 13-year-olds, you wouldn't speak like that to an adult you didn't even know, would you? No, I usually didn't speak. I had my nose in a book, and I was just like, <laughs> I, I prefer <laughs> silence. I am mute. Um, so no, I would never have spoken to uh, an adult with uh, a bit of a snap. Um, not till I was at least 16 or 18 and being snarky. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there's something going because, and we we talked about with some of the parents as well. Uh, not mm-hmm. not specifically to refereeing as such, but just in right. general how how the younger generations nowadays they they're very like egocentric. You know, uh-huh. they, they just focus oh. on themselves and their wa- life, and they are the ones who are important. And I don't know. It's it's. I am I, I, I don't like that kind of uh, attitude I must say. No. No, I I respect any parent over trying to raise a kid these days. It's it's um it's a challenge with internet and so many issues and I just Instagram for kids that they wanted to launch. I mean, that's just it's hideous. Absolutely hideous. Yeah. yeah indeed. So, yeah, um but how about you? You've been busy as well, I know. Yes. I've been uh, working on a portfolio website, and but it was also my husband's birthday, so we went for a hike. Yeah, that's it, right. It's high. It's like peak fall colors. The trees are like yellow, and they're just dropping these gentle golden leaves in the sunlight, if it's sunny. Uh, it, it, this is all for artificial lighting today. It's a kind of a gray day, but uh, the days it's been sunny, it's just, just you know, in the 70s, so maybe a flannel weather and just absolutely stunningly gorgeous. So I cannot complain. It's, it's always a shame to have to do the computer work um, on such lovely days, but at least I have a nice <laughs> view of the forest. As someone pointed out, I've got a nice view behind me. So 
yeah, you know, I'm not suffering too badly that way. But yeah, it definitely seems to be a very busy fall, but it was wonderful to take a day off to go hiking. And uh, we're actually hoping for a bit of a float trip because he worked as a whitewater raft guide uh, for the summer. So we're hoping to go back and do the same trip together uh, without paying customers just to have fun. <laughs> and that'll be really kind of yeah, nice to get outside. That sounds nice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Very cool. And you're also busy editing, I know. Yes, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Thank you for jogging my memory. I'm so close. I wanted October 1, I wanted to be done. Uh, but between that fantasy con I went to and the birthday celebrations and a few other little life hip cups, I'm so close. But then I also remembered um, we are one of our characters is a dwarf and we created this whole speech pattern for uh, how they speak. And I was like, oh, bugger. Why did you forget about do it? That? I had tried to do it a little bit, but now I've got to go back and double check. So it's like I've like two, three chapters from the end and also have to go back and do a quick sweep of everywhere the dwarf speaks. And I'm like, Duh! so it'll probably be at least another week. Yeah, probably another week. But I'm I'm living with it because it's so nice to be like seeing Scrivener and you like you're this this long <laughs> we're hitting definitely over 40 chapters, by the way. Um to see this huge list above it so close so that does feel very very good knowing this is the last one but it's still like i feel like this is the one that every time i think all right i'm oh shoot i forgot about doing that so (laughs) it is the never-ending story (laughs) we're so close though we'll get there a week on the internet with the am writing fantasy podcast So after launching our new critical reading initiative two weeks back, uh, you can go back and listen to episode 147 if you missed it. But uh, we also had to pick the next book to read. Um, We did. And the voting already took place on Patreon and also in the I'm Writing Fantasy Facebook group. So if you want to join in, you know where to go if you want to vote in the future. Um, And... We don't know if we're going to keep this up, right? I mean, th- this right. Is, was a new initiative we're doing, and we will see how much people enjoy it or how much they they jump on board and participate. And, of course, if they don't, then we'll probably stop it again. Yeah. But at least now true. we... Yeah. At least now we are on the second month, so at least the second attempt, we'll, we'll just try a bit more. And, and the voting this time was between The Sudden Appearance of Hope by Claire North, Jade Seedy by Fonda Lee, or Witchmark by C.L. Polk. And we had a pretty clear winner. Yes, we did. I, I, I There was no getting a, no wiggle room in this winter, so we had to go with it, I have to say. Yeah, so it was uh, Jade City by Fonda Lee that we uh, we picked up this time around. So, And, of course, we already started, uh, you know, the... It was the voting took place like uh, a week ago mm-hmm. uh, or maybe over the last two weeks from the time that this episode airs. But of course, we still would love you to read along. And uh, this episode w- where we will analyze Jade City will air on the 22nd of November. Mm-hmm. So by the time you listen to this, if you listen when this podcast episode releases, you still have a bit of time if you haven't started reading yet. Yes. Um, and if we need to 
give you a bit of incentive. We can say that Jade City is the winner of the World Fantasy Award. It was shortlisted for the Nebula Awards, the Lotus Awards, the Aurora Awards, the Sunburst Awards, and became best book of the month on Amazon. So you might want to check it out. You might. And if you need more incentive, I've already started reading. I've picked it up instead of reading the news, which is horrible anyway. So I've been reading uh, Jade City for my breakfast and lunch breaks. And I'm already 30% in and I think I only started a couple of days ago. I like it. I really kind of got sucked in. I see a few things. I'm like, well, I don't like how, you know, Fonda did this. Um, few point of view things that I'm like, yeah, but but the story, I don't know. It's totally sucked me in. All the characters have pulled me in. And so I'm like, okay. Now I've gone from oh, I've got to read a book. Where am I going to find the time to, okay, I need more time to read this book. I really <laughs> like this. I even put aside uh, some of my design work last night because I needed a mental break from it. Anyway, when you fall asleep too many nights in a row thinking about the next thing you need to work on, I was like, okay, I took a, an evening yeah. off. I read instead and I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed it. So I have a feeling I'm going to finish this one probably before the end of the weekend. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I. I. Of course. I do audiobooks because I don't have time to read an. I, I read too slow to read an entire book unless I. Well, I could read it in a month, but then I really have to dedicate time to it, and I don't have that time. So I do the audiobook. I also did that last month, but I. I started listening to it as well. I think I have listened to seven chapters by now. I think. Um. Uh, I quite like it too so far, I must say. Uh, compared to last month's uh, book as well, this one is much easier to follow. Yes. You know, there is like the storyline, it's pretty clear. I last the, the one we had last month, it was like listening to the audiobook. Sometimes I had to like um, rewind or whatever you would call it on the, you know, go back 30 seconds here and there to just listen to it again because it was. It was a bit complicated. Uh, it felt like that, at least in the audiobook. And, yeah. and sometimes, if I wasn't concentrating, I would I would sort of <laughs> lose the plot a bit. Yes. Uh, but uh, but this one is much much easier to follow along. Yeah. Um, I think this uh, one has a ton I, of characters. I quite like it so far. Yeah, I really like. It. I think it has a ton of characters, at least named characters. But once you kind of absorb them and see which ones are the really important ones, you're like, okay, I'm good. The plots, this plot straightforward, even though the points of view change, and yeah, it's it's just a really fun story. So I'm I I, I do like this one. I cannot wait to see what other yeah. readers like think of it as well. Yeah, exactly. And I'm looking forward to discuss sort of the all the all the stuff that was done really well and what we didn't mm-hmm. like. And so I did notice though in the first seven chapters that there are she's doing the right thing in terms of uh, sharing world building. In the uh-huh. sense that it's characters talking about it, but when I was listening to one of the chapters today, it, it did sort of rub me the wrong way. That like it, you know, the the, the kind of conversation they were having, which <laughs> would it was like a conversation nobody would ever have, right? They're basically telling each other things that they all, both of them already know, no. <laughs> but it was clearly dialogue just to get the world building across to the reader. Yes. And that that was not too elegant that that part, yeah. but but otherwise I would say so far I really like it. Excellent. And on to today's topic. 
So here we go, Autumn. Another competitive <laughs> list and where we. Oh no! I hit that one again. Yes, you did. I did that last week as well. You did. I'm not editing so. this one out. <laughs> no, no. Now I have to live with it. There is this uh, for the listener. There is this like a loop thing you can accidentally hit when you do a sound clip. And last Why? week I hit it, and I made Autumn edit it out. But I guess this time I have to uh, live with the fact that it played twice. <laughs> <laughs> But okay, another competitive list where we will try to outdo each other with the best worst list. And yes. uh, you are so competitive. Yeah, see, that's why this is your favorite. It's not that it's a fun thing to find the worst of something, it's just you're super competitive. And so you're like, yeah, decimate. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, jeez. <sighs> it's not that bad. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> not quite <laughs> but i can pick on you at least a little bit decimate <laughs> i am not quite as competitive uh, as you but i enjoy coming up with the worst ones i can find so this one was quite fun and if i remember correctly i think i went first last time so guess whose turn it is ah, didn't you say that again last time as well <laughs> Oh, no, okay. I, I'm pretty sure I went first. Le- the listeners will have to po- tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I went first. Unless you want to flip I'm a coin. I'm pretty sure you didn't. <laughs> yeah, no. Do you want me to no, go I first? Don't mind. I, I, I'm ready. My list I, is awesome. So if you want me to put the best foot forward, I can. Decimate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't mind either way, but I, I will say though that it, it was actually quite interesting to build this list uh, yeah. of plot twists uh, because I don't know I, I really feel like that you know these plot twists when when I was sort of building the list and looking through this stuff it's like mm-hmm. if you get the plus plot twist right you can really mm-hmm. elevate the story into almost a masterpiece I was about to say but. Mm-hmm. It can also like utterly destroy everything that came before it if it's not handled <laughs> well, and exactly. uh, I think that was quite interesting. And I thought I thought it was interesting. I don't know if we'll need to define it if we want to define it now, but I noticed how many bad plot twists involved the Deus Ex Machina, which is the term for the god in the machine, or when something completely never before seen in the entire novel shows up to save the day and instead of being the hero and it's like almost all the ones i was finding were that was what was happening and the readers were like or the watchers viewers were like no you just ruined the character went through all of this effort everything suffered nearly died lost their loved ones and then something comes out of left field and saves the day and then what yeah Yeah. and they hate it so i think that's gonna be my take home Yeah, that we'll have to see if there's another take home. But that was definitely the take home I got of this. Was like, do not do this in your plot. Yeah, I think it's Deus ex machina, isn't it? Yeah, uh, that's I it. That's yes, what I did not take Latin. I took French. So, I. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it'd be pronounced in French. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I did not take French, so and I did not take Latin. So, what, what do I know? Oh, you're just making it up very well. There you go. Confidence. I'm making it up as I go. There you go. All right. So who's starting? You decide. All right. Well, then I'm going to go ahead and start. Fine. I'll just, I'm just going for it. We got to decide. So okay. are you ready? My number five, which I, I, as you know, I ordered this right before we started recording because I had not done that part. So this is the only one. It is a movie. It's not my only movie, but it's one of two, but it's the only one I have not read or watched. 
So this is Out of the okay. Dark, Out of the Dark by David Weber. And I chose this one um, to include because I thought it just sounded so crazy. So this is a science fiction novel in which humans are fighting an alien invader on a human colony world. The invaders are too powerful and all seems lost when, out of the blue, one of the humans turned out to be, wait for it, Dracula! And he single-handedly destroys the alien invading force by using his vampire powers. Uh, wait, wait a second. So, <laughs> so Dracula was part of the story all along, and nobody oh, knows. And then all of a sudden, he's there, or yes, or he just came on on screen all of a sudden when no, you needed him. It turns out he was a character all along, and a lot of people have pointed out that it was very obvious because his name was Aluka. I can't pronounce it. It's Dracula spelled backward. Is was his his name? Ah, so people right. are like, "Oh, it's so obvious." You know, there's these Roman as soldiers, and there's this, you know, guy who is Dracula spelled backward. Obviously, he was there all along. But everyone else said there was absolutely no hint that the guy, this character, was a vampire, and it was just so surprising that most readers absolutely found it. Um, crazy just totally out of left field and never saw it coming and it ruined the entire story up to that point it they just felt like an entirely different ending than the novel should have added right but and the other thing i don't understand is that he would have known all the time that he has his powers and he can just defeat them if he wants to so has he just been walking around letting them take over like well i don't care i'll deal with it later i don't want to reveal who i really am i don't either that's i haven't read this one so i i can't speak to that but i was sort of wondering the same thing saying well if it was he was there the whole time why was there ever a problem it'd be like superman saying oh i can't use my powers i can't use my oh fine i can't be bothered yeah are you humans you can die i don't i can't be bothered today i'm too tired exactly (laughs) okay so I, i probably will not read this one to find out what really happened but uh there you go that was my number five that i it just sounded so crazy i i I always joke it's one of the examples i'm like genre smashing you can write anything you want as an indian indie author you can have vampires in space well someone has vampires in space i had to pick this one for the list it's so (laughs) that is so weird Uh, i i don't i'm not familiar with that book so i i don't know but it sounds really weird and i'm just wondering how how the entire characterization of Dracula throughout the book, how that even works, because unless he's like a very minor character and you almost don't see him, and then all of a sudden he walks onto the scene when you need him in the end. I mean, that even that is annoying too, but, but if he's <laughs> part of the story throughout, then it makes even less sense to me. I agree. Just from the little bit I read, I think he was one of the main characters. He was very important, so... I, okay, I don't then know. I really don't get it. <laughs> I don't. Okay, but there you go. Bad plot twists. Your turn. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty bad bad plot twist <laughs> for sure. Dracula. Oh, okay. Well, my all my five examples on my list are movies, as I said, and I have audio clips for all of them. Oh, of course. Uh, just because I think it's fun, not because I think you can guess all of them, but I'm gonna make you try anyway. Uh, of course. <laughs> Just because I like I like tormenting you like that. Yes. 
into YouTube. <laughs> All right, let's go for it. Get the torture going. Okay, so my number five is an example of what I said earlier about the ending destroying everything that came before it. Yes. Um, because I actually quite like the premise of this movie. And I also remember watching it that it had me hooked as well. Okay. Um, that was until the end, of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I have a short audio clip here. So um, it might reveal which movie it is. It, this, was, this is one of the ones that you might be able to guess if you are at least are familiar with the movie. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you, you can probably not guess it. But maybe uh, the listeners can. All right. But uh, let me play the audio clip and then you can see if you can guess it. Okay, you ready? Yep, let's go. The number 23, the heart-wrenching odyssey into paranoia, one of the most horrifying metamorphosis ever told. I'm buying this for you. Chapter one. All I could think about was the number. I met you when I was... 23. And the day we met was... September 14th. 914. 14 plus 9 is? 23. Is it all just a coincidence? I don't know. I've never watched this movie. I'm guessing it was called 23, but I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, it's called the number 23. That's correct. Well, at least I guessed right. <laughs> so yeah. what is this about? So this is a thriller with uh, Jim Carrey, um, wow. where his character gets a book called, the, the book is called the number 23. Okay. Uh, he gets it as a present from his wife. You could hear that in the audio clip. She says that I'm going to get this for you. So mm -hmm. that's a book she buys to him for him. And um, he starts completely obsessing about this number 23. Like he sees it everywhere and uh -huh. he can constantly see things that makes connections to becoming 23, adding things together. It becomes 23. It, it's just all the time, everything. And, um, in this book that his wife bought him, the mm -hmm. chapter 23 is missing as well. Oh. So everything sounds pretty interesting so far, right? Yeah, there's something going on. That's kind of fun. All right. Yeah, and it also had me pretty entertained. I actually quite liked it. But then it turns out <laughs> the plot twist comes onto the stage now. And the missing chapter 23 explains that a girl was murdered and Jim Carrick's character, the main character, mm -hmm. was actually the one who did the killing. What? And then you learn that he wrote the book himself, but he has no memory of it because he gave himself a head injury so he would forget the murder. What? <laughs> That's a very specific... <laughs> and that, that, <laughs> head injury. I mean, talk about a skilled head injury. I want to forget this. Bang. Yeah. That that in itself is pretty lame. But the fact is also that once that reveals come, once you get that reveal, the movie spends like half an hour trying to, you know, come up with the explanation for everything that you've seen and how it all fits together. It just keeps explaining all kinds of... It's like they're trying to justify how everything makes perfect sense. Uh, and, and it's just like the last half an hour is just a nightmare. And yeah. Up until that point, it's actually pretty interesting. Ugh, that's and just... then it gets destroyed completely. Yeah, it sounds that way. I mean, they could have make it significant, make it someone else who did. I don't know. Make it a, a mystery, not 
explain it and then have to explain everything and just, as I say, beat a dead horse. I mean, it just sounds like, okay, moving on. I don't really need to know that. I No, it was... Yeah, and it was a real shame because I, I liked the movie. And then yeah. when it gets destroyed in the end, it's a bit like, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't they actually plot this? Uh, yeah. Sounds. Yeah, you're right. Because up until that point, it's like everything's adding up. It's like, you know, the number 42 is the meaning of life. You know, there's something important going on here with 23 and... Yeah, it's actually he's a homicidal maniac that gave himself a head injury. Yeah. And also, why? I mean, I yeah, it makes no sense. No. I is that your way of feeling regret to like bash yourself in the head? Why about why would you have written a book and then you should have burnt the book and then hit yourself in the head and then there'd be no evidence. You would have yeah. forgotten. <laughs> And why would you walk into a store and find your own book and your wife accidentally buys it to you for you? It's like okay, yeah, that's a coincidence. Yeah, I, I use ex machina pen name. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh well. Yeah. Okay. All right. But that's my number five. It was not Dracula, but I still no. feel like it was pretty shitty. It's <laughs> <laughs> so pretty bad. I, I, I will not strike that one from my watch list. All right. So my number four. And I was I think I mentioned said my number five uh, out of the dark was a movie. I was wrong. Sorry. That one was actually a book. Um, but my number four is a movie. I don't know if you've seen this one, but it's a superhero movie. So mm -hmm. you probably haven't. It's not superhero movies are not your favorite, but it's Hancock. And that actually stars no, Will it. Smith. Yeah. So I yeah, love I know Will that, Smith but I have not seen it. Yeah. So if it's the one where he he can fly or something, right? Yes. Yes. And it sort of starts out the same way. He wakes up in the hospital. He has no memory of who he was, but he has these amazing powers. So he becomes a superhero. But there's this woman that you know he's interested in. But it's like whenever they're together, she, she's the villain. She is the arch villain in the story. But then. You know, it starts like, you know, it sounds like this beginning of a superhero story. Like, this is the the genesis of a superhero and there's this evil villain. It's perfect. But that's the twist. The twist is with, like, no setup, nothing. It's just suddenly revealed that they're both gods. And the previous, it's just they're... And she's not really a villain. She's more like his kryptonite. And if they're at the same place at the same time, bad stuff happens. But truly, they love each okay. other. And there used to be two other gods, and they basically annihilated each other because of the same thing. They loved each other, but they can't be together because if they're together, they destroy things. Things just blow up around them. And as most people who watch the movie have said, that it just feels like you're watching a superhero movie. And then there's this switch, like someone else wrote the completely different movie ending and now they're instead of superheroes they're gods and he's got his memory back and they're basically trying to come up with some resolution where they both get halves of the planet so they don't cross paths and <laughs> I'm not explaining it as uh... well as it's confusing as it is but it goes from superhero movie to god movie um God okay, and God. Yeah, you lost yeah. me a bit there halfway, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, complicated enough that even the explanation confused me. 
And that's just it. It feels like it could have been, you know, stick to the superhero. Just stick to superheroes. You don't need to suddenly say that the superheroes are really gods. Well, yeah, that's that's fine. You know, whatever. Did you watch it all the way through? I have. And at the time, I didn't really notice it. I'm like, okay, that's just a weird twist. And now it doesn't surprise me that, you know, Will Smith tends to get movies where it's it doesn't surprise me where the villain is actually not a villain. It's just a misunderstood character. That's very Will Smith. So that doesn't surprise right. me so much. But it was sort of like... I have one like, with Will Smith on my list as well. Oh, that's too funny. I wonder if it's... There was a one I almost selected that um, I would call a runner-up for this list. So I'll have to see if it's the one you chose. Ooh. Okay. That would be interesting. But yeah, I it was one of those ones where it was a perfectly good superhero fun movie. Why, why? What happened to him that he lost his memory? Who is this other character who's sort of not even a huge character for a while? But is the villainish one and what what's going on and then to find out you know boom it's just like drop reveal oh you're both gods oh this is what's really going on oh here's your memory back um oh there's these friends that you've lost a long time ago and ba-boom <laughs> it's just like well yeah we're in a totally different movie now thank you and, and that's a shame, right? Because it's the same same thing with, with the number 23. Like, it's pretty good, and then all of a sudden it takes a detour, and it's just like, what happened? Happened, yeah. You just, you feel like you got, you, they lost the essence of what they were, the whole plot was up until that point. And you're like, I don't, it wasn't a twist so much as a different story. Yeah. Ah, okay. That's uh, it's a completely different story than my number five, but I, th- okay. I feel like the the conclusion of it is exactly the same. Yes. You know, it's 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 about a good story that just goes bad. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. All right. So, what's your number four? Okay, I have a number four now, and I'm actually not so sure you can guess which movie this is from the audio clip. Um, <laughs> The fans out there of this stuff, they will probably know instantly, but I think I would not be able to guess it, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll help you at least by saying that it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Okay. 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 So are you ready for the audio clip? Yeah, let me go get my phone so I can Google it. Now, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here it comes. I broke you. I hope you'll come back. You think you're the only one who could learn the strength to escape? Where's the trigger? I never escaped. But the child... The child of Ra's al Ghul made the climb. But he's not the child of Ra's al Ghul. So don't worry about what they're saying, but the voices might give it away what it is. You know, the way that he speaks. I would say based on the way he speaks Batman, but I also say that is almost the exact level of um, decibels that I am deaf in for my left, my right ear. So I was like, right. I don't hear you, but I'm guessing that <laughs> the deep gravelly voice that is spoken slowly. And it angrily. is definitely Batman. Okay. Yes. Woo, that's two out so, of two. <laughs> that's yeah. That's pretty good. You're on a roll now. Um. I think, first of all, I have to say that in general, I really like Christopher Nolan's movies. Uh-huh. Um, and it's not that this one is bad either, to be honest. Uh, this is The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. And it's it's actually okay. You know, I don't I don't generally like superhero movies like you, you said, but this one is not too bad, actually. Okay. Um, but why I have it on my list anyway is because 
of the actual scene where this audio clip is from. So in the dark night, not the dark night rises. Jesus, that was difficult to say. Um, <laughs> Batman is fighting Bane. You know, okay. that's the guy with that mask on. He okay. looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and they are fighting each other for like two hours when we get to this scene. Wow. That's a long minute. And <laughs> Yeah. And all the way through up until this point, Bane is, he's like a really formidable villain. No, mm-hmm. he, he's like really good at what he does of being a villain. And he really challenges Batman. Um, and then they put in this twist in this scene. So just by the end of the audio clip, you could hear, you could hear a woman talking. Yeah. And that was uh, Miranda Tate. And she's like Batman's love interest. And then in this scene, it is revealed all of a sudden, you know, like Batman has finally defeated Bane. He has him like on the ground. I got you. Finally, mm-hmm. like after two hours, right, of a <laughs> movie. He finally got the upper hand. And then behind him is this, uh, his uh, love interest, Miranda Tate. Mm-hmm. And then she stabs him with a knife. She stabs Batman. What? And you're like, what? And then it turns out, well, she's actually the true villain. And she was the one all along who wanted to destroy Gotham City with a nuclear bomb. It was not Bane at all. And uh, Bane is basically sort of reduced to this, like, um, well, simple puppy who is just, like, carrying out the orders of his master because he's so much in love with her as well. I mean, it's it's just, it's such a shame because (laughs) I really feel like just the... The mask that Bane wears, right? Uh-huh. The, the way he speaks, you you could well you couldn't hear, but the listener <laughs> could hear his voice. <laughs> but he's really cool. Yeah. Bane is really cool. And he's a really, really good villain. And then because of this scene, you reduce him to this like petty criminal who's just following somebody else who uh, mastermind who, who who wants him to do this and that. And and then uh this lady, she kills Bane like really, really easily in this scene, and then it's just it. And then Bane is done. And it's like, why do I watch two hours of Batman fighting this guy like the best villain that he's ever fought? And then he's just like this henchman, basically. Yeah, it'd be one thing if, I mean, at least he should have some charisma of his own, you know, be a good, he could still be in a massive villain and she could be in on it, but she doesn't have to be the one pulling his strings. That does seem to reduce who this character went from totally awesome to well that was pointless. yeah it's doing such a disservice to the character and all the characterization you've been building so far because i really think that bane is very iconic he's a really cool villain until this point if this stuff ha- hadn't happened mm-hmm. he would have been amazing <sighs> that's so sad. It, it's just like oh it, it feels like just because we need a p- plot twist we need something exciting okay let's make uh, this woman that batman thought he he was a love in uh, that he, she was a love interest of his let's let's her make let, let's make her the villain and ta-da all of a sudden there's a new villain in the end of the movie it's just like oh my god I, I i don't i really hate it i i i don't especially a two hour it'd be one thing if it was like you know 45 minutes the end of a tv episode you're like oh pff, sucked but two hours in a theater to get to like that kind of a twist I would have been throwing popcorn at the screen and walking out. So, and thinking yeah. I just wasted two hours of my life. I could have been like kayaking or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, I agree. That one's, 
I, I'm glad I never watched Dark Knight Rises. I never got around to yeah, it. And I don't think I will anymore. No. no next time yeah. I yeah, next time I break my leg and I'm tied up in hospital for like months at an end or something, I'll consider it. Yeah, then until you then, yeah, no. I'm good. <laughs> no. All right. All right. Good. You're number three then. My number three. So this one is my last movie. And it was one when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is just horrible. So the producer shouldn't surprise you because he has, after his first couple of movies, he made some flops. So the uh, director is M. Night Shyamalan. I have him on my list as well. Yeah, well, you have to see which one. He's got a couple of bad ones. I selected (laughs) Signs. Is that the one you picked? Or do you got a different one? It might be, yes. (laughs) So this is the alien one where it was sort of a good premise. You know, there's this, there were some good scenes, cornfields. Everyone, I grew up in the countryside. My neighbors were Amish. I grew up in cornfields, so I do not find them frightening at all at dark. But for some reason, most of the human population thinks massive cornfields are terrifying at night. I think the woods are terrifying at night. I live in the woods too. So I'm just weird. But I, so there's these things happening. It's a, he's a widower. He's got his daughter and there's this threatening music and weird things happening. And you realize it's this, this alien invasion and it's sort of tense and terrifying. And you're wondering how it's going to go. It's actually pretty good. Up until that point, until you find out. Up until that point. Until you find out what defeats the aliens is water. What is what 90% of this planet is made out of? Why? If you're an alien species that can design faster than light ships, which you attack an alien world, that 90% of it is toxic to you. What? And then don't even bother throwing in the, the premonition of the little girl leaving water glasses all over the house because she just subconsciously knows that her dad will need them to fight the aliens. And then they tie in his <laughs> wife's dying words that are somehow a premonition also for what was going to happen. And I'm just, I'm not. I just couldn't buy it. I mean, really, if you're an intelligent alien race, you're not going to go. You would at least come in a stupid a suit that could protect you from the thing that's going to kill you. You can design spaceships. Oh, it's just horrible. <laughs> I just Water? You're allergic to water. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> so, I fully agree. Uh, it was no, on number, number two on my list because I just hate it so much. That's <laughs> pretty uh, bad. It, so I took away your number two. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because exactly because of what you say, you know, if you if you know the water is going to kill you, and you're like a highly intelligent alien race, number one, either like you say, you would wear some protection, or number two, why don't you just pick another planet, some something that wouldn't kill you? Yeah, there's right? got to be I mean, one It makes water. no sense. No, go to Mars. Yeah, why do you even want? Why do you even want to invade a planet that kills you? It makes no sense. No, I mean. Yeah, I, 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 we're only trying to go to Mars, which would kill us. I mean, we're not allergic to anything there, but it has no atmosphere. But we're trying to go there because it's like the only other place we have to go. We don't have spaceships that'll take us across the, you know, solar system. But yeah, I'm pretty sure there's other places we'd go. It's like we wouldn't choose. Oh, look, there's this planet. 90% of it is composed, composed of acidic acid that's going to totally boil our yeah. skin. Let's go there. Yeah, that's a great vacation. Yeah, then, uh, sure. 
Yeah, then we would be like, oh, look, there are some people living there. Let's invade them. We need yeah. to conquer this planet that will kill us. That's an excellent idea. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I really hate it. <laughs> yeah, that one. I think that was the first one I watched where I was like, I don't like M. Night Shyamalan anymore. I like The Village. I like Sixth Sense. Um, there was the one with uh, the Sixth guy Sense is brittle- awesome. Yeah, the one with the brittle bones disease that he ended up making into a trilogy. That one wasn't bad. Now I can't even think of the name of it. But something with glass, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mister Glass or something. Yeah, that one. I kind of, that was not bad, but by the time I got to Signs, I'm like, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a an audio clip for it. Do you want to hear? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, here you go. You did my homework. Same shows on every station. Every station? It is the 18th reported crop site in that country in the last 72 hours. I'm a little scared. All this stuff on TV. Joe Gills was in here talking about the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> so that was also on my list. Uh, All right. I absolutely agree. I hate that twist <laughs> that they put in there. That's ridiculous. And and also because they just very easily defeats the aliens. Then in the end, like oh okay, they can't take water. Then boom, boom, boom. Then they're defeated. It's like oh, the so irrigation stupid. system. Why do, sp- <laughs> you know, why do we spend all this time building up to it? Then yeah. if if you can just kill them off that easily, it makes no sense. Rain waste of time to watch that. Rain movie. will kill them. As I think uh, one of the commenters, it was one of my famous commenters. Like you know, this guy, the lead character is a former priest. There's all this kind of premonitions and godliness well you know what god could have just made it rain and no problem so yeah it was just it was a bad plot such a bad plot okay (laughs) okay you're you're number three you can you can yeah you can get my number three here and uh i think you might be able to get uh, guess what this one is because the dialogue in this audio clip is uh, sort of pretty iconic um But I can give you another hint that this is the one that I mentioned. I had one on my list with Will Smith, and this oh. is the, this is the one. So are you ready? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not infected. I'm not infected. Please. Nothing happened the way it was supposed to happen. Six billion people on Earth when the infection hit. I'm a survivor living in New York City. I will be at the South Street Seaport every day at midday. When the sun is highest in the sky. You know what that is, right? Oh, yeah, that is I Am Legend. And that was my runner up for the list. So that is awesome. Oh, <laughs> oh cool. It's funny that we have the same things that annoyed us. Uh, that's pretty <laughs> no. cool. Yes, I like uh, this. I love this movie up until. Yeah. So in summary, I, I think most people probably know it. But just summary, 90% of the people's population is killed by a man-made virus designed to cure cancer and then it sort of mutates and then it starts killing everybody. And as a result, you get these uh, zombie kind of like creatures, yeah. which are, they're quite terrifying. And, and, and it's actually pretty cool. Uh, the first half of the movie, that, that's pretty cool. Very dramatic. Uh, and Will Smith's character, he's, he's like this brilliant scientist who's working on finding a cure or a vaccine or whatever you want to call it. And he's alone in New York City and he's basically just sort of surviving and working. That's all he does. And up until this point of the movie, the movie's pretty cool. I really, yeah. really liked it. And uh, then he comes across two humans who are actually immune to the virus. 
So, and this, of course, for him as a scientist, this is good news yeah. because then maybe he found the Holy Grail and now he can cure the disease. And it just so happens that when he then brings these people back to his house, this also leads to those kind of zombie creatures to find his house, which he has like worked for years and years and years to make sure that they would never find him. And now they do. And the house is under attack. And all that is also fine. But then the twist comes now. Yes. So because of these two people who are immune, he actually manages to find a cure. But then the house is overrun by these zombie kind of creatures. And then he decides to help these two people escape down a cold chute mm -hmm. while he himself decides to stay behind and pull the pin of a grenade and blow himself up, taking mm -hmm. all the zombie creatures with him. And then you might be wondering, well, why is that so bad? That's pretty heroic. Yeah, but not if I tell you that he could easily just jump down the chute himself. There was absolutely no reason for him to blow himself up. No, and the other part is that... grenade and jump down the coal chute. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, 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 he could. And the other thing is that if you just found the cure and he gives it to these two people who are like, they're not scientists, they have no idea. And then he just sends them off. Like, how does he even know if he wants to cure mankind? How does he even know that they know what to do with that cure? Or, or will they even be able to find people who know what to do with it? He doesn't know. So it's just like the whole thing is like, what? Yeah. So he I, works I, years and years and years to find a cure and then he just blows himself up. Because of I, two random people. Yeah, but he doesn't even know. No, I, I remember saying that at the end when they're approaching, like, they find a, a, another little town that's, like, got a wooden fence. And I'm like, yeah, that looks like it has a top secret, you know, lab labor laboratory where they're going to know what to do to create, you know, spread this <laughs> cure to other people. And so that's part of the reason it almost made into my list. But then what I didn't know is that the book this is based on has a different ending. It's a yeah, the, I know. and the movie completely changes the whole meaning of the book. Where the book, the uh, the vampire zombie like creatures actually have found their own cure, and they're not evil. They're basically a better race that it's going to just like we transplanted the Neanderthals. They were going to take over the human, and humans are a legend. We're becoming something archaic from the past, and we're just fighting for our own last survival but really we just need to give up the ghost because we've created something that's better and stronger and more intelligent. And I mean, they have a whole culture, but so that's they didn't show up in the movie. And I was like, no, they took the book and they completely changed the author's meaning. Wow. So yeah, yeah there's a and lot you see, there. And you, what you just mentioned about the book, yeah. that's what makes it cool. Yeah. Because then it's it, there is an irony in the fact as well that he's been working years and years and years to find a cure for something that isn't about being cured. Yeah, it, it's not about being cured, but he doesn't understand that or know that. And that's what yeah. makes it pretty cool to me. I think yeah. the, the book ending that's cool. Uh huh. But yeah, I don't I don't know what the heck they were doing when they made this movie. It's just like it's so stupid to screw it up like that. Yeah, I. I... They completely changed the character uh, the that Will Smith plays. They changed the meaning of the story. They obviously did not understand how difficult science is, other than it took him years to come up with this cure. And then he doesn't even know if they're going to be able to hand it over to someone who's surviving, who knows how to replicate it. Yeah. It's not like you just put it in like some chicken soup and you're good. <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Oh, that movie. Yeah, it. 
that's why it was all I was trying to buy between Hancock and that one. And I'm just so glad you came up with Iron Legend. So I got to have both of them on the list. Oh, cool. Okay, well, you already took my number two, so I guess you need to do two in a row now. And then I only have my number one left afterwards. All right, well, maybe I can grab one of your other ones. So my number two, well, all of the rest of mine are books, so I know they're not going to be the same as yours. So this is actually Mockingjay from the final book in the Hunger Games series. And that is because, so this is the end where, you know, the whole story three books, three movies lead up to the moment where Katniss is sent to, you know, take out snow and everything that's going on. And what happens? She actually gets knocked out towards the end of the movie and wakes up to find out the war is over. Um, So it basically invalidates the entire book where she is, she accomplishes nothing. And so she spends all of Mockingjay on her super secret mission to reach the capital and kill Snow. And ultimately, and all these people die to help her get there. And ultimately, she contributes nothing. The problem solved totally without her. And she might as well have stayed home. And what's pissed me off almost more than that, because I had already given up on her as a character. She never really resonated with me. She was too wishy-washy. But her sister, a little sister Prim, who just wanted to do something important, she trains as a nurse, basically, to go and help the soldiers who are fighting the battle. And she ends up getting killed in what ends up being a faked attack by the Capitol. It was actually the other side making it look like it was the Capitol. She dies as basically friendly fire, sort of. They kill out a whole bunch of people. It was so unnecessary and pointless. I was just frothing at the mouth. I was so furious. So that's why it made it to number two. It was just her Katniss herself. I've always said she she has a flat character arc the entire trilogy. She never changes. She never does anything. She never grows into her role or takes control of her own life all the way down to getting knocked unconscious and everything happening without her. And she is just the most pointless character and you really hope that, you know, book three, <laughs> the third movie, that something exciting would have happened. And it doesn't. I still don't like her. I'm, glad I, just not, a, I'm glad I didn't read those books. <laughs> yeah, it was just not worth it. Not worth it. So I, I will stop beating it there. But yeah, it just was a pointless ship. It has such potential. It was so interesting. And I really was hoping that by the end of the book, she would be like, I'm badass. I'm gonna go and stomp somebody and it really just never resonated it never grew into that she never becomes really a heroine she sort of stays as a propped up figure and it's just whatever yeah because in the movies i don't i don't think that that's the case i mean in the in the movies she takes initiatives and she drives the plot forward and so on uh i I don't at least i don't recall it being such an issue in the movies i feel every once in a while she would pop up with something good but she was always it was never an upward arc she was always never fulfilling her true potential she never reached it Mm. and it just disappointing it was very disappointing all right and so we're gonna skip right ahead since we did your number two to my number one of worst the worst the worst and i think this one it'll be interesting to see because this was a movie but i always look at it from the book side but it's actually Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. 
Okay. <laughs> I, have, I, I have to say now, I have not read any Harry Potter books and I have not watched oh. any Harry Potter movies. So I, oh. I, I don't really know. Okay, so this is not yours. So this is the one where Harry is at the end of book one. So he enters the legendary Chamber of Secrets and Harry finds him face to face with Tom Riddle, the younger version of the evil wizard Voldemort. And Riddle sends in a basilisk, I can't pronounce that, which is an enormous fang snake after, and it's chasing after Harry and things seem, yeah, snake, a giant snake. A basilisk is not a snake. Well, that's what it is in the movie. We're we're not going to question what J.K. Rowling uses for her creatures. So Okay, sorry, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So things are looking really bad for Harry. He's very young. You have to remember, this is the first year he's at Hogwarts. And then suddenly... A magical phoenix flies into the chamber, dropping the sorting hat in front of Harry, which happens to hold the sword of Gryffindor. So he uses that to kill the basilisk. And the phoenix's tears even heal Harry's wounds. And Professor Dumbledore later reveals that Harry's loyalty caused the phoenix to fly to him. But really, I mean, up until this point, there's no mention of a phoenix. It, it's just, and brings the sorting hat. It brings the sword that Harry couldn't think to bring himself. It's just comes out of nowhere. If that hadn't happened, Harry would have died book one. There goes the rest of the series. Deus Ex Machina again. It's such, to me, it's one of the worst examples. It's like the whole book wasn't plotted and J.K. Rowling's realized she'd wrote, written herself into a really bad spot. And instead of fixing what came earlier, she just threw in a phoenix with a who brought the sorting hat that was holding the sword. Why would the sorting hat be holding the sword? Why, just... why is, I mean, considering how popular Harry Potter is, why isn't more people not complaining about this? Or maybe they are. I just noticed it. Maybe. I mean, just even the fact, does Harry Potter know how to use a sword? <laughs> he doesn't even know how to use a wand. Well, that's a good one. point, yeah. I yeah. just, it's so ridiculous that, you know, it would have been better if the phoenix had caused the basilisk to blow up in flames. At least I could have said, well, that made no sense, but at least a phoenix knows how to, you know, ignite yeah. something. So, I mean, right. sword fighting is not something you just do, right? I mean, Especially you have to you're... train pretty well to do that. Especially yeah. fighting a monster. Oh, exactly. I'm fighting something that's already, you know, poisoned you and cut you and you're already in bad shape. But just because you got a magic sword, you're good to go. <laughs> well, okay. That's convenient. <laughs> Wasn't it just? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, See if you can beat that one. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I can because this one is not Deus Ex Machina. This is just Ooh. like screwing with your audience completely. Oh, jeez. And it's it's really bad in my view. Um, okay. But I have to admit that I, I really struggled with finding number one, uh, my number one entry, because I, I had to find something that was worse than everything else. <laughs> and uh, I had to do sort of, I did a lot of research on the internet just to see if I could, if it would jog my memory on something. And then mm-hmm. I did find find something that I actually had completely forgotten about. Oh. Um. But this show that I'm going to talk about, it's not a movie, it's a TV show, but it is one of my all-time childhood favorites. I absolutely loved this TV show. And uh, I'll play this theme song song in just a second, and I promise you, you will know exactly what it is. Oh, that'll be exciting. Um, But the, the show took 
the world like by storm. And mm-hmm. anyone growing up in the 90s, they will know what this is. Okay. So are you ready for your sound clip? Yes. Okay, here you go. X-Files. You know right? It's got to be the X-Files, yes. right? For a second, I looked at the Twilight yes. Zone. I'm like, no, no, that's a different theme song. So yes, the X-Files. No, that's a different hey, one. I guessed all of your clips. I think you I guessed all of them. I, <laughs> I feel like I win. Oh. <laughs> anyway, hey, okay. that's, that's, a bit of, that's a bit of cheating because you didn't even have sound clips that I could guess. So I, I just lose automatically because <laughs> you guessed right for, and I didn't even have a chance to compete. Well, there you go. Uh, I like this rule. I like this game. (laughs) I think that's a crappy rule. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. This is like playing Dune. Every player has their own strategy to win. I know what my strategy is. You have to figure out yours. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, well, first of all, I want to say again that I love this show. Uh, However, and this is why it made it to number one on my list. Because do you know, like, that feeling of your favorite show just being ruined completely. Yes. Oh, yes. Or maybe not completely, but they, they throw in some, some spanner into the wheel that just like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> and it felt like it was just because the show creators, they they had to do something to try to, I guess, spice things up a bit or something. <laughs> uh, but I had forgotten about this, probably suppressed it, to be honest. Um <laughs> But when I found it during my internet research, it came back to me. So let me just explain. So in season 11, in the very first episode, mm-hmm. we learned that you remember that there is this uh, mysterious uh, cigarette smoking man who, who is part of the series. He's really mm-hmm. weird and you don't really know what he's what's going on with him. Yeah. But then in season 11, we all of a sudden learn in the very first episode, we learned that he actually impregnated Scully using right. some sort of alien science with the aim to create like the first superhuman child. Mm-hmm. And we get a flashback to season seven where Scully accused the cigarette smoking man of drugging her. And it then becomes apparent that Scully's son is in fact not Mulder's after all then. So, you know, doing something like this, like four seasons later, yeah, it is just such a betrayal to the audience. You know, you for four seasons you have believed that these two characters has a, have they have a son together. They finally got together after all that time. You know, where mm-hmm. there was all this tension between them, like romantic tension and so on yeah. and so on. They get a child, and then four seasons later, you just drop a bomb to say, "Well, actually, it's not his child anyway." I mean, Ugh. I like plot twists, don't get me wrong, and I can probably <laughs> even stomach more plot twists than most people because it does, does take quite a lot bef- before I, it starts annoying me. But this one, it was just like, I really felt like it completely destroyed everything I thought about these characters. And it came also completely out of the blue, like like the creator just said, oh, what can we do to spice things up? Oh, let's throw this stuff in here. Just to create some drama for the sake of drama. Yeah, it's. I don't know if they changed writers or what was going on, but I agree. I mean, they betrayed everything that the core essence of what you thought was sort of between these two characters, and then it was just like, nope, nope, nope. They're not a happy family. Sorry. 
Oh, uh, it's yeah. You don't do that. It's not okay. It's it's such a betrayal. Um, and so it's funny because really you. Like you mentioning that reminded me of probably one that would have made my list and might have even been number one, and that is the ending to Firefly the movie. That pissed me off so much because they, again, not not a twist so much as what they did to the characters. They killed off the pilot. He, they make it through this amazing crash landing, and this happens, and that happens, and he gets speared like by a piece of debris or something right at the, after everything is safe. And I'm like, no, it was such, it was done just to yank at the viewer's heartstrings, especially cause he was right. married. And it was just, Oh, there was a lot about the movie. I wish I'd never watched the movie. Anyone who's a firefly fan. If you have not watched the movie, don't watch the movie. It ruins everything. I wish it okay. didn't exist. Yeah, I love the series though. The series is awesome. The movie sounds it's so good. It, and yeah. I can't remember all the characters well to enunciate all the ways that it sucks, but it sucks in very, very. It's cruel to several of the characters in ways that it just didn't need to be. The series yeah, okay. that was awesome, awesome. All right. Hmm. Okay. Well, you said before that the it's like playing Risk, and you have to make up your own rules for how to win. So. Yeah. I actually just brought another one here because uh, that's my way of winning. So if I can't beat you with five bad things on the list, I'll put six on the list. Oh, fine. I guess we're both winners this week. <laughs> so just an honorable mention here because some people will have this movie on their list of the worst of the worst. Um, and let me just play you the short audio clip and then I will explain. Okay. Please, come in. Hello. Hello. He's a stranger. We're just going to let him sleep in our house. Hello. Hello. Did you know he had a wife? <laughs> I don't know so, this one. <laughs> no, I actually, I only watched it like probably like a month ago or something okay. like that. Um, but this movie is called Mother. And it is starring uh, starring uh, Jennifer Lawrence, um, and I included this one as an honorable mention because I'm really really conflicted about this movie. Uh, you know, when I first watched the movie, I was like, "What's going on?" You know, the the more the longer you get into the movie, the more crazy everything just becomes, and it, it's like everything goes into chaos, and it's like it doesn't make any sense. It's like where's what, I, I can't even explain it. It's like you have no idea what's going on and it just makes no sense. Uh, there's all these kind of people who does terrible things all of a sudden in, in her house and it's just like, what the heck is going on? And you're completely confused all the way through. Um, the first half <laughs> of the movie is just like normal mystery kind of thing. Pretty mm -hmm. pretty good, actually. And then the second half is just complete chaos with nothing makes sense anymore. Um and I won't spoil it here uh, and say too much because uh, because people might not have watched it yet. And it was not that long ago since it came on Netflix. So mm -hmm. I, I don't want to spoil it. Like some of the other movies that I've mentioned today, they were all oh. very old movies. Mm -hmm. So I, wanna, I don't want to spoil it. But I just had to say because after I watched the movie, I was like, when it ended, I was like, I have no idea what went on here. So I actually went on the internet and I then start searching for some explanations about what is the meaning of this movie. Uh -huh. And then I found the answers. 
And then when I read those, I must admit that then all of a sudden I say, ah, okay, I see. You know, maybe it's just me being thick and not seeing it, but Mm -hmm. I understood it when I read and it was explained to me what the point was. And everything that happens in that movie, even though it seems completely insane, it actually has a purpose and an explanation to it. Oh. And but I'm still conflicted it. about it because on one <laughs> end it's 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 crappy because you you don't understand what's going on and it just feels like complete chaos. But on the other hand, once you actually read the explanation for it, then it's like mm, okay, I at least I can re- ex- I can respect what they were trying to do at least. That's so yeah yeah. I mean, it's good that it, it had a meaning, but it does sound like it was bad something filming plotting something where they you need to go and read it on, you know, they're going to hand out a flyer on your way to the movie theater so that you can understand what you're about to watch. Yeah. I don't know because once you, once you read the explanations, you also understand why it had to be shown as very chaotic. It's, it's completely on purpose. Um, But yeah, people can watch the movie if you want. I just warn you, it's it's crazy, <laughs> and then uh, and then go read about what it. I, I would definitely say don't read about what the movie is about first, because then it'll spoil everything. Watch the movie, just watch it, and then read about it afterwards, uh, and then make up your own mind whether you think it's it's a either this either this movie is complete stroke of genius or it's complete madness. I I don't know. It's one of the two. well that's a good note to end on that sounds like a plot twist (laughs) yes i think our plot twist is Uh, we both declare ourselves winners so hmm, i don't know who we both declare ourselves winners but also because um we actually had a a few that we actually agreed on so that's true yeah uh, that's pretty okay we both win we're good (laughs) Uh, i'll say i won and then we can close it with that Uh (laughs) yes you won as well as i did (laughs) (laughs) that's not what i said (laughs) that's what i understood (laughs) Uh, that doesn't count no (laughs) all right well next monday we have an episode with writing advice for you we'll discuss how to create chapters that will hook readers so see you then If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.